Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. So you spend the night um, basically preparing uh, for the next morning, packing things into the wax canvas, um, which will go into the boats that you've been making with reeds. Does anybody have like a craft skill that they would like to put into use by chance? Would blacksmith count? Is it craft blacksmithing or? It's art slash craft. Um, How would you be using blacksmithing in like the... Construction of boats or preparations. Can you I don't know. Um, Maybe like an engineering type of way. Like you know how to engineer stuff and shape stuff. Yeah. I mean, science engineering is his own skill. So. Yeah, I, so I don't think I can. I can't think of anything. All right. Yeah, I'm, I was just on the off chance someone had like basket weaving. Well, uh, now that you this... mentioned, I got 85 in basket weaving. Let's go ahead and rock this. <laughs> but it's underwater basket weaving. That's the no, molten it, one. <laughs> Well, you want actually want above water basket weaving for this one. Damn. But uh, anyways, the lot of you spend the night um, in eager anticipation for the next day, uh, just basically making preparations. So it's going to take several trips, but I would like to basically summarize them. Multiple river crossings with singular roles from each of you. So what do you uh, guys see your main jobs being as you're doing the river crossings? I see mine being the cattle. I'm sharing that the cattle are crossing. That's what I get paid for. And my son and I don't have that much stuff with us. So I think Gregory's main thing would be making sure like, uh, making sure like, you know, the, the, the wagons with the personal like items and it would make it cross away and stuff. I think Margaret perhaps would, be in charge of the perishables. Well, not perishables, but foodstuffs, things like that, making sure they don't get wet and grow mold and then we have nothing to eat. Okay, so we're going to um, do some rolls. Uh, Chris, you're going to make a ride horse roll to um, basically symbolize your efforts in doing the major cattle, cattle crossing. Gregory, you're going to do a drive wagon roll because you've been, you've actually have points in this and I'm going to... Um, because uh, of the suggestion to have like double double teamed um, oxen, um, I'm going to give you a plus twenty on your roll. So, but Margaret, um, your your idea is basically riding along and keeping um, the perishables from getting wet. You would be basically riding um, along in some of the boats um, that the natives have and basically keeping an eye on the goods. So yours will be a spot hidden roll to see if there's like hidden rapids. So I made my roll of 41 out of 50. I made my roll of 22 out of temporary 40. I made mine 25 out of 55. Well, that is very excellent news for everyone. Can I just get a single party luck roll? So what this is, is the person with the lowest luck will make a luck roll. 
So who, which of you has the lowest luck? Not me. I got the highest. Mine's 32. What's yours, Margaret? It's under the Mine down. is 45. All right. So then Chris will be making the single party luck roll. All right. Did not make am, it. You did not make it. I'm going to say that you cannot spend luck on a luck roll. Things mostly go um, well in the crossing. You get um, you have to take the uh, the crossing in several stages. And uh, let's start, uh, Gregory. You're you're driving uh, almost empty wagons across most of the times, switching off uh, with different oxen teams. And like there's a, there's a part where um, you notice that the oxen aren't uh, on the ground anymore. They're struggling to kind of like keep their heads above water and. Like there's a there's a little bit where you think they're gonna start to drown, but they kind of like like put into high gear, and with the four of them, they get to a spot where they can gas breath again. And um, you, there's a bit of floating, but you manage to get uh, most of the wagons across like undamaged, and or any damage you get can be easily repaired. Um, Margaret, you you spend most of your time riding it um, in boats, and you're keen eyes put the test many times as like different parts of the day there's different uh, tides even in rivers but you're able to uh spot the uh, changes and rapids in the the crossing and you're able to um, help some of your guides miss some of these changes and you don't really lose any supplies which is good bjorn you're going across and like you have to do the kettle drives in several different stages um but you get most of the cattle across um, pretty easily. There's there's a couple that can't quite make it. But when you're going across, um, trying to get the little cart with the kitchen equipment on it, one of the doors opens up. And, like, you see Bjorn kind of, like, rushing to kind of get, like, um, some of the, like, plates and cutlery as they're being washed away. So you kind of lose um, some of that. But you manage to double back and help him across because you did actually make your roll. And he kind of feels like a bit upset, like you, like he failed. Oh, my son did, John. Yeah, I just, I'll talk to him. I'll, I'll talk to him when we cross. <laughs> just gotta look at him, give him a reassuring look. This does take a few days, and uh, you gradually start to disassemble the eastern bank camp and set up another camp on the western bank um, and reorganize and like redistribute the load into other wagons and. The, the natives take their, their payment of a few um, cattle and the items that you mentioned and give word to Father Noss that um, you, to get to the place that you want to go, if you want to continue uh, hugging the western bank of the Mississippi, you'll eventually hit a town called the Cross, which was the town that they indicated earlier. And from there, you can move northwest um, till following the river till you hit the Twin Cities and from there, it should just be a straight shot west. Oh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. And I just kind of like sit there on my horse all ominous. Now just like, yeah. All right. Before you guys break camp, is there anything that you would like to do or make preparations for or any scenes you'd like to have? Gregory, Mr. Smith. Yeah. I kind of ride up. Uh, I was thinking the other day, um, if my boy has time to get with you and maybe you could like uh, start instilling in him some of the things to prepare for uh, during the ride to prepare for when we get to the crossing. Right. Any, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know if that's possible or not, but. Uh, most of the stuff kind of requires that I have a forge set up and at the time it's all 
in the wagons. So unless we want to stop somewhere and start a fire, get, get a little uh, chimney built up. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It just maybe keep ask him to start working on his arm strength because one thing you definitely need, unless you have like some of those fancy machines back east, is you need you need proper arm strength to be able to swing the hammer. Can I uh can I be honest with you, uh, Gregory? Man to man. What is it? Listen, you, you you know my boy. He doesn't have a mother no more. And I don't have a wife. And right. I know that when I get to the city there, I'm probably going to be very busy doing a lot of things. And I probably won't be able to, uh, you know, give him the attention that the boys do, not having two parents. All so right. What I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to create relationships for him, for him to learn things and life lessons. And, uh, you know, you're a hardworking man, and I've seen that, and I've gotten to know you, but I also know that you were in the war of yours, there, the, the war that was civil, the uh, the civil war. Wasn't was very much civil about it, but yeah, well, I was I was part of that, yeah. So my point being, to be honest, when I tell you that I was hoping that my boy could sit with you and get some lessons about the job skills, really hoping that he could pick your brain with you having been an American and having to fight for your country. And instill what I think would be make him a good American boy. I see, I see. I should have been honest up front, and I apologize, Gregory. I wasn't, but how no, do you? No, how, how I, do you, I understand. No man wants to ask another man to help raise his son. Yes, exactly. And how do you come up to the subject? Hey, can you tell my boy about this war that wasn't civil? And I just kind of smile at him, you know. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I could, I could probably get, you know, have him ride with me for a few days. Just uh, I'll, I'll talk to him about stuff. Yeah, I just I see that he's so busy with the cook stuff and that, you know, he beats himself up. And I just think maybe he's in his own head a little bit too much, you know, doesn't get to, to experience anything other than work, 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 you know. Well, I don't know. I was I, my father always kept me working busy when I was a child. Yeah. I think I, that's good. That's good. I mean, I like that. I just, you know, want him to get to know the people that he's going to be spending his life around because we are going to be living in a small town together. Right, right. So, so yeah, I'll see what I can do. Maybe get my boy to work with the kitchens or something. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. We can work something out with the cook and other people. Sounds good. Thank you again and for being such a good man, Gregory. And I like stick out my hand to, like for him to shake it. Gregory takes it, and there's a little bit where he, he almost like does <laughs> the power squeeze, but he, he he doesn't go too hard into it. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it's like probably like a bear claw. You know what I mean? Like surrounding it. So, and before we continue on, I'm gonna ride up to Sister Margaret Miller whatever she may be doing. I would say uh, Sister Miller is probably uh, folding her only other outfit that she's got when she sees Bjorn heading over and she smiles and waves at him. Hello, Mr. Hagman. How are you? Good, good. And I kind of like on my horse still, like I don't have time to like really, you know, get off too much or whatever. Like I'm stopping there and I'm kind of like controlling it with my reins. I'm like, oh, so you're uh, a couple of nights ago, you're asking about the situation with my boy and I and everything. It led me to thinking, and um, how would you uh, feel about spending a little time every day talking to the boy, maybe giving him uh, some kind of uh, uh, lessons that you may have learned or just having a, a a woman figure in his life who, not say, asking you to be his mother or anything like that, but maybe trying to get him to come out of the shell and to, to be a proper, you know, uh, American. I have talked to Gregory, and maybe would you be uh, willing to maybe just conversate with the boy? Sister Margaret just looks at her feet for a second and she she's pressing her lips together and blushing trying not to you know think too much of it but she uh 
nods very fast repeatedly. Uh, yes, Mr. Hagman, I, I would surely love to assist your son and, and, and you, of course, in any way possibly could. Um, anything you'd like, I can help him with, uh, with reading and, of course, uh, uh, the Lord's work. And her hands start shaking a little bit. Do I notice this? Like, see this reaction? Uh, psychology role. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> did she have too much tea? Give me a second here. Oh, I did make it four out of 60. So, um, Margaret, what would like Bjorn be noticing about your character at this point? And what sort of impressions would uh, she be giving off? Because that's actually, I'm not sure if that's uh, an extreme success or not. I don't know how extreme success is. Uh, it's the smallest number in the box. I didn't put it on there. So it's 60. I, I, I don't know. But it's one fifth would be one fifth. What's one fifth of six? Well, yeah, so I made oh. it. I, I, did, I Yeah, I got a good success, a great success. Extreme success. Extreme success! So, Margaret, I'm going to let you um, explain what Bjorn might be picking up on. Well, he can certainly see, or tell, rather, right off the bat, that Margaret, when it comes to him at least, and, uh, you know, the, the father, she's very good at keeping eye contact when she speaks, but she suddenly started looking at her feet, and um, kind of her hands got a little jittery. She's kind of fumbling a bit with her words when she's normally very clear spoken and concise. So at the very minimum, I'd say he's noticed that she's nervous in some sort of way. She's looking down to hide the fact that her cheeks are like bright red at the moment. But he could definitely tell that she's very jittery when she's responding to him. Uh, are you all right, Sister Margaret? What, something bothering you? Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all, Mr. Hagman. I'm sorry. I'm just, I think I had a bit too much tea. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you and that tea. And I just like, I got to get going, but thank you again. And I trust in your judgment. And just, hey, listen, you be careful around here, okay? Of course. Thank you, sir. You enjoy your ride. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nothing to enjoy about it, but I will. And I just like turn around and ride off. You spend several more days on the on the trail following the Mississippi and eventually um, as you look over to the right hand side across the river you see the first signs of civilization that you've seen in years as a steamboat goes southward on the river and you see people on there waving at you as you're going by I take my hat off I'm like yeah you know like, <laughs> yeah you notice that um, it's a pretty uh, modern size looking boat and there's like uh, red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue streamers and bunting on the sides of it. It looks pretty new and the people on it um, seem pretty cheerful to see more settlers heading uh, west. Uh, you ride for a few more days and you eventually get to the town of La Crosse, which is where you could, the second place you could have uh, crossed over um it's a starting to be a booming town now for wisconsin probably the second largest city at the time it's set up in a grid system with uh many wooden structures and it's really the first um like major settlement that you've come across since leaving chicago so many weeks earlier uh russ freeman uh gets with you and with uh your group and States that if there's any supplies that um, you need to get, this might be a good spot. Um, but he himself will, and most of the other cowboys will not be going into the city. But 
would send uh, Sam Baker in as a guide if anyone wanted anything. Damn, I was hoping to sneak into the city and do a little something, but I guess I won't be. So I'm like <laughs> hanging outside the city with the rest of the cowpoke. Get some more bullets. That's a good idea. Can you give me a Mr. Mr. Baker? Give me some more bullets, please. He looks at you and says, you have the currency for this, correct? Duh. I just like kind of like look at my like, you know, my stash I've been hiding and I kind of take enough to get the, you know what I mean? The bullets. Like, here you go. Yeah. He takes and passes it over to Samuel. Is there anything or any business that the rest of you might want to have at this uh, pit stop of situ- civilization. I mean, if it was R and R, I would. But I mean, he's telling me like I got to stay outside, so you know what I mean. The city, so I am. Margaret doesn't have anything. I think Gregory might have just like uh, take his family, just like, just go around the town a bit, just sort of like you know <laughs> remind themselves, yeah, this you know cities are still a thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, Sam uh, will um, ride in uh, with you and some. Do you take all your family, or do you leave anyone behind to watch Wagon? Or, um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I might ask Johan to sort of stand by and watch the uh, the wagons a bit. Just well, well, he takes well, Gregor takes his family in there. Johann, Can I do that? Yeah, Johan agrees um, to watch her wagon for you because it's not an unreasonable request and he is going to be working for you so yeah samuel um basically um unloads um his saddlebags and rides an empty um so he can bring stuff back but uh yeah you you could take your your family on a on a nice stroll into town uh, there's like a few people who kind of like come close and like investigate uh um, what's going on but then once they kind of identify that oh you're just another wagon train stopping to resupply they their guard is um down again and yeah so what would you like to do in the town i think i definitely think that he might he might take them like on a leisurely stroll just like down towards i guess the downtown maybe see if there's some kind of i don't know like a local like a bandstand or something some kind of Art, like some kind of music thing, with Bob to you know, help help remind them. Yeah, that we're gonna something different than all just the wilderness and the um, you know the the riverbank river that they've been past they've been traveling by the last few weeks. Yeah, so you and your family start um, walking on the streets of town. Your wife Samantha starts indicating what um, features of various homes that she likes and says, "Oh, but uh, if you look on the molding on this one, doesn't just look fabulous, Gregory?" Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what about molding, woman. I'll, 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 I'll rely on your expertise when it comes to building our own home. Of course, I, I, I do. I do appreciate the the trust that uh, you you give to me with uh, managing this. And then you're walking along and you hear um, a piano playing out of one of the local saloons. And your wife kind of like smiles and looks at you and says, Gregory, dear, wouldn't it uh, wouldn't be good if we can uh, maybe take some time for ourselves and, you know, just give a couple pennies to the kids and tell them to meet us back here for a bit. Very well. He like sort of smiles his wife and like he hand you a couple of you know a couple of pennies to his children. Your oldest daughter um, reaches her hand out um, to him, to you, and takes them. All right. Now I want you to make sure that you don't spend it all on something that'll only last you like like candy or something that only lasts you like a day. We're only here. We're gonna be here for maybe a few days, and then we gotta head on the road back for another few weeks. 
as you said that, you noticed um, your daughter Abigail's eyes quickly dart away from the sweet shop that she was eyeing up. All right, I know it might seem tempting to have like a companion on the long on the road, but well, you know, we'll we have each other for now. So head on out there and enjoy the enjoy enjoy the town, and keep an eye on each other. Okay, don't want you getting trampled by any wagons. Yes, father. And um, Abigail takes some money and uh, says, "Come along, kids." And you see your your son, who's actually not much younger than her, and your other daughter Mary, kind of like. They'll kind of walk off um, and start like, oh, look at that, um, at some of the strange contraptions that they really haven't seen since Chicago. Your wife, Samantha, kind of puts her arm inside the crook of yours, and the two of you walk into um, one of the saloons, and there's a piano playing some sort of uh, danceable tune, and she asks if you would like to dance. I do. (laughs) I leave her on and dance. You're not going to make me roll for dancing, are you? Uh-oh, he's, he's looking at the book, dear listeners. I think he's going to make me roll something. So dancing is a skill in the base game, but not um, in the Down Darker Trails supplement. So Whew. if you'd like to just make a straight-up appeal times five roll. Appeal? Yeah, your, appear, your app skill. Oh, I see. Or trait. All right. <laughs> I got a four out of 45. The, the two of you kind of start cutting a rug on the um, saloon and she, like, the joy returns to her face um, after all these long uh, weeks and months on the road and says, oh, Gregory, I can't wait till we can do this every night. Yeah, it's not, it's not too much farther now. I imagine we're, I'm, we've already crossed the river and so it'll just be a few more weeks and then hopefully we'll be, we'll be at our new home where our family will... About our whole lives. You're such a good man. I'm, I'm so glad uh, to, to be here with you. I'm just glad I found a good woman. And she smiles as the two of you uh, kind of uh, notice that there's uh, rooms for rent. <laughs> and fade to black. I could not go in and pay for it, but married man gets to walk in there and have a lovely day. How is that fair? That's because uh, I'm married and my wife ain't I, dead. I know, like, life of a cowboy with a dead wife, a widowee. Is that what it is for a husband? Widower. Widower. Widower, yeah. Yeah, but you guys have been on the road for weeks. So you stop um, um, at the outside of the, the camp and spend the night um, camped out there because to be honest, most pe- for most people, spending time in town is going to be a drain on resource th- resources that they don't um, have. Samuel Baker comes back with um, your bullets and a few I- um, other items requested by um, your traveling companions and dishes those out. And everyone is pretty much ready to get going again the next day. So you take off again, north, northwest, um, following the Mississippi and... You keep a you keep a um, pretty decent pace um, as you're traveling along. Uh, however, could I get after a couple of weeks? Could I get some accounting rolls from everyone? I mean, I got five percent in it. I mean, I'll try. I don't. Luck might be on your side. I guess. Yeah. Let's see. Oh Jesus, Quinn! I got a three out of thirty. God, <laughs> That's <damn. good. laughs> Hold on. Um... I need to go to Vegas with Gregory or something. He, he is just. I'm just getting the great best rolls with him. <laughs> I did not make mine. Yeah, I didn't either. I only have a five and I got a seven. Come to me for your financial <laughs> issues. 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, um, it's one of those things, Gregory, that you've taken to doing is to like checking on some of the supplies and making sure that things are good as you are making your trip. But um, one thing you did notice um, this time, you don't check this all the time, but you do notice that um, there is this like greenish color in some of the flower. Hmm. Is that mold or I like you read get someone who actually knows some cooking and stuff like you know is that that mold or something in the flower? Well, you're you do all everything um, cook. Um, Samuel Baker and Johan are taking a look and they're just like shrugging. It's like oh it don't it don't look right, but uh, I don't know what that could be. Well, can we like just scoop out the green parts and leave the rest alone? That sounds like a good idea. So you do that. You scooped out some of the green parts and um, packages up real tight. Take care not to let, you know, rain or morning dew get to it. And you travel along for a few more weeks. Uh, you're, you're starting to get uh, close to um, parts of Minnesota. And you're noticing that the green has come back. And some of you may or may not feel the best. Can I get con rolls from everyone? 56 out of 60. I barely made it. Nine out of 45. I'm alive and kicking. Three out of 55, man. Ready to do a marathon. He's tried everything. He's like, okay, did he get dysentery? Can you give me food poisoning next to gout? <laughs> As you um, say that, uh, I, I did some rolls for some of the NPCs, and um, it looks like um, Sister Michael isn't really doing the best right now. She has been trouble keeping down some of her food. And like after looking at it again, you're noticing that the green continues to return to the flower. And I guess the decision is made to dump out the flower and stop eating it. But um, Gregory, with your excellent accounting skills, you notice that that's not going to be the most useful thing to do as most of your dinners are bread-based. All right, so yeah, we we're sort of starting to spot is taking a hit. I mean, can we buy uh, can we buy some more flour at the whatever whatever town we pass by? Or well, I think we already passed the cross, and so I think the only town ahead of us that actually would have, be big enough for us to buy stuff from would be those uh, Saint Paul and uh, whatever the other place is called. I don't remember what the hell it is. How far are we? Uh, how far are we from there then? Less than a week, more than a couple days. All right. I I think, I don't know. I feel like if we could definitely dump out a, a lot of the, maybe we could keep a little bit of the flour and dump out most of it because we are close by. So, I mean, do, if we, yeah, I mean, do we have to have bread with every meal? Well, it, it just keep, it keeps, it's better than just having watery soup, at least with some like porridge or something, you might have more filling to it. But I don't, if the, hmm, I just like sitting there thinking about it. If the cleaning keeps coming back, over over again, I don't think it's I don't think any of it's good there. Can I agree? Well, yeah, but what's causing the green? Is it? I thought pretty sure we wrapped it up nice and tight and away from the any you know any mold or something. So I don't, I, I'm not educated. Sister Mar- Sister Miller, Sister Middle, and I'm like motioning for. Her. I assume we're like standing by like some we're standing by it right now. You 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 a brook learn to know anything about green stuff on flower? I mean, is it mold? Green stuff on flour. Uh, I thought mold was more of a bluish color. I don't know. <laughs> like, I just kind of like, like I imagine I'm all dirty with my cowboy hat, in my hand wiping my forehead off with my handkerchief, just looking at it. 
it's certainly some sort of contaminant, but I'm afraid I'm not really I'm not really well versed in, you know, the, the sciences to know what it is. You do have natural law history. That actually served me for this? Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm rolling. Roll it! I know nothing with a 99. Well, with a botch like that, you you, you figured that you just take away the green part, um, things would be fine. But um, talking to Bjorn, um, Gregory, and most recently, uh, Sister Michael, you real like the rest of you kind of noticed that no, it wasn't fine doing that. Yeah, okay. I think I think we just cut the losses. But I mean, we don't need the bread. I mean, for four days or less than a week, we got meat. Okay, I guess yeah, but we could just you know rely on those on whatever we can catch and maybe a few old, a few like canned greens here and there. I mean, we all got to suffer a little bit to get the paradise. How will we do communion, though, without bread? But that's on Sunday, right? Well, we got a week. Roughly we get there before then, but I'm sure the good Lord would be understanding if we didn't have it, right? She seems a little, you know, she kind of scrunches up her nose a bit. Like, she doesn't like that answer, especially since Sister Michael is sick and she feels she could use all the prayer and purity <laughs> that she could possibly have right now. So she, you know, kind of shrugs and says... As you say, Mr. Hagman, I just hope we don't cut it too close. Well, in the worst case scenario, we could always just send people out hunting and stuff. It's you know, there's plenty of wilderness out here. I'm pretty sure we could find something to eat. I mean, it, boy, and I like motion for uh, uh, my son, Johan. Johan, come here, come here for a second. Yes, Father. And Margaret, you would notice um, at this point, there's no attempt on his part to be putting on a fake American accent. And I say, I say, I'm like, I motion real quick with my finger, and I look down at him. I speak a Norwegian, you know, and I'm like. Hey, how much food do we have left? I mean, we have stuff other than flour-based stuff to eat, right? I'm saying this with no accent because this is a yeah, yeah. common language. Um, let me make a quick roll for his accounting. I mean, we have some beans and some coffee and a we got bit meat? of the sugar. Do we got any meat? Like, what do we do for meat? Do they do they he put the cows? Look, he kind of looks around um, at the, the cows. The herd. Yeah, yeah, and I and I look at them in an English. I'm like, we don't we don't have to worry about the meat. We they they use the cow. We don't have to go hunting. I mean. It's just talking about having beans and coffee and meat. I just kind of like shrug. Oh, well, won't be pleasant company for a few days, but I I think we can definitely go tighten our belts for a bit. Have you smelled me? Like, I'm not pleasant company right now. Like, have I haven't have washed myself since we last crossed the river. When we were traveling by the river, can't you just get a bucket and dump it on yourself? You're too busy. I just kind of like, like to say that I, as I turn around and ride off off my horse, you know, <laughs> back to work. He's so exhausted, you know, where you're like too tired to even wash your ass. I don't know if you guys ever been in that situation before. <laughs> you're just so tired, like, I'll just do it tomorrow and you just go to sleep. First of all, the hell. <laughs> Army times, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So the plan is to try to like double time it and try to just push on to the city and hopefully get there without having I mean, to... it's Mr. Freeman's call. You know, I'm going to shoot the idea to Mr. Freeman, I guess, you know, seeing that we are, or Gregory, I assume would probably be the best person since he's the one. Yeah, I would st- Gregory would definitely be like, you know, you know, it's only a few days away from the next town. So we definitely, it's, it'd be like, you know, a couple, maybe, you know, go hungry for a day or two, but we'll be fine. Well, I'd prefer not to slaughter my retirement. All right, then we don't, we, okay, so we don't, okay, so then, uh, well, I send somebody with hunting to get, get get whatever animals we can get or something. Send some people right ahead to bring back some food or something. There's all kinds of ways around this. That could work. All right. So being a player character, uh, Bjorn is voluntold to go scout ahead and get hunting if he can if he can 
do it. If not, you're asked to proceed along to the Twin Cities um, and report back with some food and do haste. So from you, Bjorn, I'm going to need a uh, ride horse roll. Okay. And from the rest of you who are just planning on drudging along, I'm going to need some constitution rolls as you're basically going with only like half rest and trying to push through so you can close the distance. Actually, let's have Bjorn do a survival roll instead of ride horse. Okay. See if you me. can get hunting first. All right, give me a second here. I only have 10% survival, so let me go ahead and roll it. And the rest you said constitution? Oof. I failed my survival roll. Yes, the constitution with the rest and um, failing your survival roll, Bjorn, you're not able to find like any like hunting within a decent amount of time. So you probably decide to cut your loss, losses and uh, proceed forward with plan B. And, and Gregory failed his constitution roll. Uh, well, Monica, you appear to be fine, but um, Gregory, the, the hunger is getting to you at this point. And like, you've probably been foregoing meals of your own to kind of give them to your kids as being the father figure you are. Is that, would that be correct? Yeah. So like, what have you been doing to kind of keep from like passing out in, in the cart? Yeah. So I definitely think, um, hmm. well, you know, he, but as soon as he still got some coffee, he probably just, you know, have a thing of coffee next to him and just like try to ignore that, how it sort of just, how the liquid just sort of sits uneasily in the stomach every time he drinks it. Yeah. I, I think it works um, for you like as a short term, but um, as soon as like the, kind of caffeine high goes away and you have nothing in you to keep it up you feel like even more terrible um the rest of the day so yeah he's definitely he is not feeling the best right now all right bjorn how is your let's have a ride horse roll to see if uh good a time you're making 29 out of 50 all right so it um there's no real uh impediments but it still takes you several days because um, you've been, you still have to stop and sleep for a couple hours some um, each day. But um, it takes you like a couple days to actually get into the Twin Cities, and you're able to uh, load up on some like provisions, some um, some flour with the money that uh, Russ gave you, and you don't really sp um, spend a whole lot of time in the city because like basically a couple hours, um, give your horse a rest, um, feed him, water him, and uh, rest yourself, maybe have a beer or two, and head back, basically. But it's still going to be like, you're thinking at least a day until you can get back with the supplies. So let's have a party luck roll for Gregory and Margaret to represent the luck of the party who's still on the trail. So Lois goes or both of us roll? Uh, Lois, out of the two of you. So that's Margaret. Okay. I have a 90, remember? And I'm saving that luck for when, when, the, when the shooting starts. Such a braggart. Oof. 83. <laughs> oh, no. Out of 45. Yeah. There goes our food. Um, you quickly burn through the uh, rest of the coffee and the beans. Uh, apparently, Johan had overestimated what you have. And now the choice of uh, waiting for Bjorn to get back with supplies or basically slaughtering uh, the Cowboys retirement is a bit more pressing now. So yeah, I think at some point, I think at some point like Bjorn, I mean, <laughs> Bjorn, uh, Gregory would have gotten like a bit of, like a leather, like maybe like a bit of like a belt or something and just started chewing on it just to give his mouth something to do. 
Damn you motherfuckers are some non-hunting survivalist motherfuckers, man. <laughs> Jesus. I grew up he grew up in Chicago. What kind of hunting has he done? Rats. Not just playing. <laughs> what what rats are there in the in the wagon trail? Gophers. They're prairie rats. That's what we call them. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Gregory. They're, they're way uh, south of here. Gregory, just um looking around you in the as you're kind of like biting on your own clothing, you you see like your wife is just like kind of like sitting, like bobbing her head. You see, you see your son, he's probably doing the best out of all of you, but he's still like his eyelids keep going back and up and down. And your daughter, uh, Mary, kind of crawls out um, from the back of the cabin to kind of sit between you and your wife and says, Dad, he am hungry. Yeah, don't worry. It, it won't last much longer. We'll be on. Well, someone will be back with food, and then after that, we'll be we'll be reach town, and we can load up on supplies again. It's it's like the Bible says: we just gotta suffer a little bit before we get on to the best part. But why would God make us suffer? Doesn't He love us? Well, think of it this way: if you only ever had, if you ever uh, ever had sweets for your life, how would you know what's good and what's bad if you just only had the same thing? I, I would really like some sweets right now. So would I. Don't worry. I'll make sure to get you a little something when we get back, when we reach the next town. And so right now, Gregory, he is he, he is doubting a, a little bit of the doubt in his back of his head about, you know, the whole move plan is a little bit there, but he is trying to just, you know, okay, it's not the worst so far. It's definitely not going great right now, but, you know, it could be a lot worse in his head. Margaret, um, you're making your rounds um, as you're stopped for the night and just checking on various things with the rest of the uh, caravan. And you kind of notice that um, you haven't really talked to Sister Michael lately. And she has actually been taking up your usual spot of curling up in the wagon behind the bell. Sister Margaret would uh, take a break from whatever she's doing. I imagine by now the hunger pangs have her kind of shaking a bit, but, you know, she's still kicking. So she's going to go towards the wagon to check on Sister Margaret. Not that she has anything to offer, but at least to pray over her. And as you do, um, you see kind of like, she was a pretty plump lady to begin with, but she's like looking much smaller now. And she's like, you're seeing like the, the habit is kind of like, it's like hiding her shape a lot more than uh, normally would, but it's kind of like, um, you notice how much weight she's lost and you see her um, breath's really shallow and her lips are chapped at this point. And I'm not going to make you uh, roll right now to tell that she's not doing very good at all. Sister Margaret's feeling a little bit scared by this. Uh She's been trying to be optimistic for everyone and, you know, doing the thing where she says it's all part of God's plan, but it's times like these that have her, you know, really questioning how, how good and pure God is if he can have one of his uh, most faithful people just suffering like this. So she sits down next to her. She puts her hand on her hip. And she notices that she can feel just the pelvic bone, whereas before she was such a meaty woman that at least for Sister Margaret, hugging her would barely have her hands meeting on the other side kind of thing. So now she's faced with just how skeletal she's become. So she kind of pats her hip comfortingly and says, it's just a bit more. I'm sure they'll come back any moment now. We'll have something to eat. Perhaps we'll have some medicine with us. Just hang in there, Sister Michael. The Lord has a plan for you. This is not your time. 
And you see her eyes open and then just shut, but she doesn't really have the strength to really say anything or smile. If you like the style and feel of Missouri Crossing, then you'll like Diluted. Set in 1848, Diluted follows a coterie who have set themselves to find out who is behind a mysterious tonic that plagues the kindred society of Victorian England. 